With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. Baseball's coming this week. Jeff Mosher, can you believe it? We we will have players in, not spring training, but summer camp this week. Players have reported to Philadelphia. Most of the Phillies are in town. There will be baseball this week, Jeff Mosher. Yeah, yeah, we'll see about that. Look, you see these two things right here on my head? Those are <laughs> eyes, right? Our listeners can't see that, but you can see it on my on Zoom, Frank. These are my eyes. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. <laughs> I've even convinced myself that I could get into a 60-game season because they're playing so many division games and a lot of the AL East teams that I like to watch. So I'm all in, but my eyes got to see it first. Your eyes got to <laughs> see it too, right? I know you're not really, like, coldly 100% sold that this is going to work, right? Well, something will work. I, we, we might not see our favorite Phillies uh, playing baseball, but there could be uh, Connor Brogdon playing baseball and Mauricio Yovera uh, might be playing baseball, you know. Uh, but there will be baseball. So we'll, uh, lots for us to break down today. Uh, we have our announcement of the Phillies 60-man player pool, which actually had 53 names on it. So we'll break that down. We'll break down some of the updates that Matt Klintak gave us yesterday as he had a Zoom call with with the media. So, by the way, I love these Zoom calls, Jeff. That you know, uh, certainly we're using Zoom to record this, which is wonderful, uh, nice and easy. But beyond that, you know, these these Zoom calls that they're doing with the media, like, I don't. This is great. I don't have to leave my house. Zoom may have changed the world. Even when we get back to normal, if we ever get back to normal, Zoom might still be a part of our everyday vernacular, how we talk, how we associate. I mean, I, I think Zoom has been fantastic. Hopefully, they'll continue to upgrade it not that it needs it that much but uh you know crystal clear clarity and everything but yeah this could be a thing and and for on to be honest with you frank in all sports you know whether you're covering baseball football or anything until we have the covid crisis completely eradicated and that could take a long time we could be returning to normalcy step by step using zoom along the process like you mentioned for press conferences and you know media sessions and things like that well, they didn't really address where the media will be in all this yet, but I wouldn't mind a Joe Girardi press conference on Zoom after each game. You know, just I'd feel a lot better about that. But as you said, you want to see it with your own eyes because there's still a lot to happen before we can have some baseball played. But the Phillies did set their set their pool of players. They're using the name pool, and a couple couple of uh, things that we can take away from that. The first is. Uh, we, we see two important names on this pool of players, and they are Alec Bohm and Spencer Howard. So the Phillies have to have them in, in this pool in order to be able to use them this year, and, and they will be reporting uh, to either Philadelphia or Allentown. Uh, the Phillies is, will be using Coca-Cola Park as well. Um, what, what would you do with, with – let's, let's start by talking about them because those, those, that was really the big news off, off of this list is that – the Phillies do have them among the mix. They will be eligible to play on the Phillies this year. 
do you put them into consideration for for the opening day roster and just let them loose for these 60 games, or do you, do you hold them back just a little bit just to um, have them watch and listen for, for a bit first? I don't. I wouldn't see any point, Frank, and I'm curious to hear your take on this, in not having them be with the club. I think that they should play. Certainly the there's a need for Spencer Howard in the pitching uh, you know, in the staff, and, and whether or not he's going to be as good, you can ask that same question of the any of the buddy from three, four, five. Okay, so I understand that. Um, and same thing with Alec Baum. I mean, there maybe less of a need because you could play Kingery at second, you can play Tagura at third. But I mean, you have your infield filled, but you do need a DH, and I think they're going to rely heavily on on Jay Bruce for that. So there may not be as much room for Alec, but I still want to see him. Uh, to me. Frank, this is the perfect scenario, this shortened season. I think you're going to really need to rely on youth. I think teams with really good young players are going to be able to persevere in this sprint fashion than the veterans because I just think you're going to need it. You're going to play a lot of games in a condensed amount of time, and you're going to need some young blood in there. And I think more so than in other years, if a guy struggles, whether it's Spencer Howard, whether it's, Alec Baum, whatever, for a little bit. It's not going to drag on like a whole – it's not going to be like what happened to um, Scott Kingery a couple of years ago when it just dragged on all year. It's just not a long enough season. So I don't think you uh, you run the risk of really hurting these guys by getting them out there. Well, the Phillies, as you said, though, do they necessarily have an in for Boehm? I mean, I guess to, to, to pick up uh, what you were just saying there, you know, they have Jay Bruce. Uh, you know, JT Realmuto is going to need a day out of the lineup. Um, you you feel like it almost there's not a whole lot of opportunity at least immediately, right? There's not, but I mean, what's the alternative? Putting him in Lehigh Valley where he's not having real spring training games to play. Like if it was a real minor leagues, we could have that discussion about the importance of boom getting uh, his at bats somewhere else and playing every day. But that's not the reality of this year. The, the reality is that they're training in Lehigh Valley. And I don't know how, how beneficial that would be for Alex's career. So you might as well have him with the ball club. You might as well get him in the lineup a couple of times a week to start with, you know, and as you mentioned, rotating guys around, playing certain matchups and seeing what the kid can do. And if he's got a hot bat, then you play him. So here's a question though. This isn't like a normal year. So, so let's say, let's say we were on, we today is, June 30th, it's hard to believe it's June 30th. We haven't started baseball, but June 30th might be might have been around the time we saw him naturally anyway, but the difference is you're going to burn a year of service time for a 60-day season. Do you, do, you, do you try to hold them back a little bit just so that you can maybe have an extra year of control? Is that worth doing with Howard and Bohm? Well, how would that work? What's the alternative? If he's uh, hanging out in Lehigh Valley for a month of these two months and then it doesn't count against his accrued year? Like, how, how I don't under, I, I thought the rules are a little bit differently, or is that still yet to be negotiated? Yeah, you know, there are some things that are, that are kind of being negotiated here. So uh, I, I think a lot of that is still kind of up in the air. Um, you know, the, the service time issue, I know for the players that have already been up, the the – this will count as a full season, uh, even though it's only 66 days, and normally it's it's much much greater than that. So that's something which which really needs to to, to kind of be ironed out. There are some things still being worked out right now, but um, but 
you know, what if what if what if Howard and Bohm are on that taxi? So there's a three game three player taxi squad at first. So like in that way, in case somebody um, needs to be immediately removed to go on the COVID list, we'll talk about that more in a second. You can grab uh, one of the players off there. Now one of them has to be a catcher, but the other two. So if you had, uh, let's say, you have Davy Gruyon as your third catcher on the taxi squad, and then you had Bohm and you had Howard, one one position player, one one pitcher. I mean, that, that's actually a probably uh, a pretty good taxi squad to have. I mean, you you make them those three your taxi squad for a while and let them watch and be with the team every day, even though they're taking batting practice, working out with the pitchers before yeah. uh, before you give you them an opportunity on the roster. But I, I still don't think it makes sense, Frank. I think in uh, you know, and I could prove to be wrong on this, but I do think in a shortened season like this, in a sprint format, it's going to be really really important for teams, especially teams as you mentioned with COVID, are probably going to lose a significant number of players along the way, whether it's COVID-related or not. I have a feeling that even if you put um, Bomb and uh, – or Boom, <laughs> I always call him Bomb. doing that. Alex, Bomb. I can't wait. You know, it would have been great to hear Harry say that. It's a how Bomb. A, well, how about a anyway, Boom run, huh? A Boom run. I like that. There you go. So um, yeah, I forget my point now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even if Boom and Spencer Howard started off the year on the taxi squad, because of their talent and their potential, it's very possible that – once some injuries settle in or slumps or anything, they were going to be on the team anyway. So I, would, I wouldn't worry about burning the year. All the rules are kind of different anyway. Let them play. Let them come up. Let them show. You know, they've got a couple of weeks to have a good summer camp and, and get themselves going, and hopefully they perform well in there. But to me, there's just far more reward in allowing them to play than there is risk of burning a year. That's just financials. Interesting point. Now, now, let's talk for a second about that, that COVID list. Now, one nice thing that uh, Matt Klintak was able to clarify for us yesterday was this COVID list. And uh, just because somebody is placed on the COVID list does not mean they are infected uh, with COVID-19. It could, somebody could be placed on that list because, well, yes, because of a positive test. That is one option. But it could be that you were exposed to somebody that was on the list. So, uh, or maybe... Um, that uh, you're having a couple symptoms and you just want to sit out a day or two while you get tested. So, um, so for example, if, if if you wake up with a cough, you could be on the COVID list for, for for a day, get that get that tested, and if you're if you're you know you're not testing positive, then you could come right back. So, a lot of flexibility with that COVID list. It sounds like, and um, you know, we we do know the identity of one player in the Phillies that 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 t- did test positive, and that would be Tommy Hunter because that was reported by Scott Lauber of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, we're going to see some people are going to kind of open up on that list. And, uh, uh, you know, that could change, of course, before uh, before things go. And I think that's kind of the wild card here because, you know, I'd say this is true with any job. Like, you know, if, if I go work at the mill, do I do I, if I if I wake up with a cough, I'm probably not going to work. Right. I would think you're not. Yeah. So you gotta wonder just how quickly think people will, will will kind of move in and out of of this uh, pool of players that are all kind of uh, you know on deck so to speak at Le- Lehigh Valley hanging out at Coca Cola Park. At least it's only an hour away. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know the Phillies are certainly uh, taking with them a lot of a lot of pitchers. Uh, actually, there's of course there's a lot of everybody because there's 60 players. Uh, but you look at the the left-handed pitchers that they have now. Um, Cole Irvin, I guess, is technically a starter, but Jojo Romero is a starter. Uh, maybe Rager Suarez is a starter, but they have eight lefties on this list, which is which is a pretty good amount. 
and no, then more look, than they've had in the last few years. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but if you look at the uh, if you look at the list of of right-handers, there's 23 right-handed pitchers from which to choose. So they they they, yeah. they are uh, they they have a, a, a real supply. But you got to wonder what would happen if you you're without some of your heavy hitters for a day or two. That's that that's going to be that's going to be kind of the wild card in this whole season. Imagine you know going to face your your most feared opponent, you, you, maybe you're going to play the Nationals for a series, and um, maybe uh, maybe Max Scherzer and uh, Steven Strasburg went out to lunch together, and they uh, <laughs> they thought they were exposed, <laughs> even though they're fine. You know, the, you you miss them for a series. I mean, it, it's uh it's going to be kind of interesting to see how many people come on and off. It sounds like, from what Clintac was saying yesterday, that there will there will be some that open on open this camp on that list. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, oh, very... it's, it's undeniable. I, I mean, you, you know what's going to happen. You've seen other sports already. I mean, they're trying to take precautions, whether it's even golf, where you're spaced out, and two two professional golfers have already tested positive for COVID, including you know Brooks Kepka, right? So uh, there's going to be. It, it's funny because you mentioned what if uh, Scherzer and um, uh, who just and Strasburg go out for lunch? They're not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> They better be quarantined. You know I mean. <laughs> but no, I, I know what you're saying. But um, I, it'll be very, of course, there's going to be that this that's going to happen. There's going to be people uh, test. And, and Clintac did say this. He said, you know, because 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 kind of came up what happened in Florida that so many people tested positive. He said, you know, he said they took every possible precaution. They staggered when people came in. They they, they thought they were doing everything they possibly could, super sanitizing everything all the time. And yet there's mm-hmm. still the outbreak. So I think that's a reality of this is some people that even are super careful, it finds a way sometimes, right? So um, sure. teams are going to have to have to, to deal with that. So a little bit of uh, information about this. So um, there there are intake screenings for every single player as they, they, they come into uh, Philadelphia to, to report. Uh, there were um, they, they get tested for an active virus and they get tested for antibodies while they're there. So it'll be interesting to see. If there's any data that comes out of that, just that that might give an indication kind of on how the the disease is spreading. I'm sure they will have some data from that. But um, they said at this point, a majority of the people have arrived. Uh, They're in Philadelphia and uh, they're they're getting ready for a full season. Sounds like the first full squad workout, the first official workout is on Friday. Uh, but you might see some players at Citizens Bank Park today working out. So, but uh, now wait a minute. Let me let me because they all just flew in and got tested in the last few days. Correct. Correct. They've got. Do, do they have 24-hour test results as opposed to us, where we have to wait like five, six, seven? To, so <laughs> I'm wondering if you know they're planning to hold a workout Friday or the first one, and maybe even sooner. But I mean, I, I would think that the the organization is not going to let anybody work out until they're already got the test in hand that says positive, no? Right, or, or negative, you mean. Or negative, <laughs> I'm sorry, yes, yes. No, no, I said, yeah, 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 negative, negative, correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so I think that I think that's all worked out. I, You know, I, I, I don't know a lot about the specific testing. I'm sure Major League Baseball is, is buying the best possible testing uh, because, not, mm-hmm. you, you know, we've heard about the different types of testings and, and some of them that are more instant, uh, but, but, mm-hmm. but some very less reliable, but... It, it, it's uh, it sounds like they're going to get them all cleared first, and that's why you're not going to see anybody until Friday. Even though most of them came over the weekend, so I think that's a pretty okay. good, pretty good uh, buffer there. Um, and I, I wouldn't be. How many if, people do you think are going to wind up testing negative though in this first batch of? You, there's going to be at least two or three, you would think, right? 
Yeah, there probably will be some players that 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 don't know they have something, and then of course, then you got to tr- do all the contact tracing, figure out who they who yep, they were, were in in yeah. uh, contact with, and it's 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 pretty interesting to see how this this. I just this hope it's not a disaster. Out. I mean, you just never know. That's why I'm like, you know, look in my eyes. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> now there is some good news though from Clintac. Now. Uh, there were some news reports lately uh, that some players have decided not to play this season, and that, that is their right under the agreement that they had. And let's go through mm-hmm. that list. Uh, the Washington Nationals, the Phillies division, Ryan Zimmerman has decided not to play this season. And, of course, he was uh, a long time – actually, he played his entire career there, I believe drafted still as a member of the the, the Expos. Um, mm-hmm. He may have been the last Expos draft pick in the major leagues. Um, That's right. And then uh, starter Joe Ross. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure he would have made the rotation per se, but uh, but Joe Ross decided to opt out. And as did uh, Arizona Diamondbacks starter Mike Leake, who for them sort of replaced Zach Greinke when they traded him. They were they were hoping to get a reliable starter, but they're going to be without him. And mm-hmm. Ian Desmond of the Colorado Rockies. Uh, so you have four pretty pretty decent named players that have decided not to play. Now Matt Clintac told us yesterday that the Phillies are not going to have anybody sit out the season. So I guess that's good news for the Phillies, right? Mm, yes, although I would say this. I mean, I think that's a great – that only four out of the entire pool of MLB players are not going to play is uh, surprisingly a you know, big number. I mean, a little number, and that's great. I, I wonder if people will wind up changing their mind a little bit, though, in the first few weeks if something happens. Yeah, former Phillies uh, pitching coach Bob McClure, he was set to be the bullpen coach for the Minnesota Twins. He will sit out the mm-hmm. season as well. I believe there was one other coach for, for uh, I think it was also for the Twins, but there are a couple coaches that were um, a little bit older. McClure is 68 at this point. Uh, he decided not to, not to, not to coach, um, although people who do that, of, sort, of course, can certainly support the teams in an advisory role uh, from, from home. So, um, so yeah, it was minimal, but but I you know I did hear Larry Bow at one point talk about you know how, I mean in his role of course he he can come and go a lot more uh, freely than than when he was a coach and a manager, but um, mm-hmm. but some are choosing to 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 basically uh, take take a break, and you got to wonder too. I, we we know Zach Wheeler is expecting a child soon. I mean, well you know when when that happens, will he reconsider? So that's a good good question. Um, isn't Bryce Harper's wife pregnant again also? Yeah, yeah they're expecting it. I think after the season, though. Um, right. But, you know, I mean, there's a lot of medical attention that you need during right. the season. And, again, I don't know. I'm not clear on MLB protocol right now and how much you're allowed to see your family, if you're allowed to see your family, are the families part of the quarantine. I think there's a lot of questions that are still have to be answered for me to really believe this thing can get pulled off the right way. I did see I did see an article I can't remember where but but Roman Quinn his wife is pregnant and and he essentially mm-hmm. had to leave her at home <laughs> you oh, know man. I mean it's that's rough yeah it is rough you know he, he's got to go earn his living I mean let's face yeah, it someone he doesn't like make him, ten million dollars or fifteen million dollars you know he's kind of fighting for his MLB life right you know with with all his injuries in recent seasons like he needs this year to show that he can be you know, a, a productive major league player. He's got all the talent in the world, so it's it's really tough call. Like, what's what's the what's the better thing for the family? Do I, you know, we try to try to uh, earn a nice contract for next year, or do you do you do you stay at home? So that's going to be a tough one. And I, I will say, mm-hmm. from from all I've read, you know, Roman Quinn's a very fine family man and had two other kids, and uh, it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. So hopefully, though, the fact that it's only sixty six days, maybe that takes some of the uh, take some of the relief off of course the 
playoffs not expanded after all, so um, right. So there will be fewer fewer teams in the playoff than than we thought at one point was going to happen there. So so that's something to uh, to, to think about as we go forward. Now, uh, some roster moves the Phillies have made leading up to this day when they when they uh, set this they. Released South Jersey's own Matt Caesar. I was, I was sad to see him go. Unfortunately, I think it was just a little bit of bad luck. He, he had a little bit of a an injury in spring training, and he had one at bat before everything shut down. And you know, you look at the long list of outfielders the Phillies have. Uh, you know, they unfortunately he he, he just kind of got caught up in it. You know, besides the three starters, you know, which are McCutcheon, probably Roman Quinn, uh, and Bryce Harper. You still have Adam Hastley, uh Jay Bruce is is a lefty, but uh, Kyle Garlick is. Remember him? <laughs> it's funny, like some yeah. of these names, I have to remind myself that they're Phillies because <laughs> Kyle Garlick was a was an acquisition in spring training. Um, mm-hmm. But they but they also have Mikey Matuk. They've got uh, uh, Nick Williams is still in the mix, and then a lot of these utility types can play the outfield as well. You know the the Neil Walkers and and Josh Harrison, so Phil Goslin. Like there's there's just there's just so many names, and unfortunately. Uh, Caesar got squeezed. And by the way, I encourage you to, if you haven't done so already, check out some of his artwork uh, that he's been doing and, and, and raising money. He's, he's a very talented artist. So uh, mm-hmm. check check out some of that if you get a chance. And hopefully he has an opportunity to latch on with somebody else. But uh, um, unfortunately, he, he just had that one at bat. And uh, I got to see him take some batting practice on one of the backfields with Andrew McCutcheon uh, the one day during spring training. You know, So they were kind of Kind of in the rehab side of things, but uh, you know he, he got healthy enough to play, and unfortunately, just just the one at bat, uh, which is which is kind of unfortunate for him. Uh, Drew Storen also did not make the cut. Um, Phillies have tons of right-handed uh, relievers, so um, I, th- I think that uh, you know when it came down to what veterans they were going to hang on to, uh, they they decided to, uh, to to cut ties with Drew Storen. Not that's announced. pretty telling. That's telling because Drew, I mean, he must not have had anything for him because you say they have a ton of right-handed relievers, and I think it's fair to say, yeah, but how many of them are good? You know, Drew Storen's pitched in the league for, for quite a while. Um, there was a time where he was pretty good, then obviously he started to um, regress. So he must have really just, uh, in, in the short sample that they saw in spring training, shown that he really didn't have anything left not to be able to make this team. Yeah, yeah, and really, he didn't even necessarily have to make the team. But there have been, you know, sometimes the, the, I got to figure out how these how these these rosters work. You know, uh, mm-hmm. in a normal circumstance, there would have been a point where they got a a bonus to be on the roster, a hundred thousand dollar roster bonus, and and so you you kind of have to kind of have to commit at that point. So I think that's kind of tough at this point. Uh, you know, considering you know you didn't have the last two weeks of spring training and and before a lot of those things triggered you didn't really know what was going on now interesting to see about some of the veterans some of them had opt out dates um i, I you know the, the likes of uh, neil walker and and logan forsyth i mean they luckily there's a bigger roster to start you're going to start with 30 players i would imagine there'd be an extra position player or two uh, you probably will have uh, i mean this was going to be the year of the 26 man roster so if you compare it last compare it to last year, the fact that you have a third catcher as a taxi squad guy, you don't need mm-hmm. a third catcher on your roster. Uh, you can probably carry a lot of these veteran guys that 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 can do a lot for you off the bench. So the Forsyths, um, you know, uh, the Josh Harris, and really a lot of them had nice springs, you know, and um, Ronald Torres, uh, uh, Neil Walker. So they they've got four veteran, uh, you know, utility types that that are nice players uh, and. Uh, 
some some of them uh, will probably have to hang out in Allentown for a while, unfortunately. But uh, um, but I'm just I'm just personally excited to see how Joe Tor- Joe Tor- Joe uh, Girardi handles this. Not just just the whole rotation. I think you know the one thing that stood out from him as a Yankees manager was he was a s- smart tactician, uh, specifically with his bullpen and his pitching staff. Uh, it seems like every button he pushed with his pitchers worked. And so he's got a lot of, you know, as you mentioned, there's a lot of names here, good mix of righties and lefties. You wonder if because of the format of playing these, you know, 60 games in 66 days, if there's problems with the pitching staff from injury-wise, if he kind of borrows a um, concept from the minor leagues and does a lot of piggybacking, where, you know, you have a starter – start a game for just a few innings and then get pulled no matter what. And then another starter comes in to take on the uh, the rest, because that's what a lot of these arms are used to. A lot of these guys who the Phillies are going to have to rely on this year that have not had a lot of major league service time, have been in the minors for a while. They're used to that piggybacking. Yeah. So that Nick Pavetta, Vince Velasquez rotation spot might be both of them. <laughs> right? Yeah. You might it have, might be. That's the, what you need to do to, to get through the, uh, to get through the lineup. But, but hey, we'll say that with the extra roster spots, you have the ability to do that. I mean, they're going to start with 30 and they'll go to 20, 28 before settling in at 26. So, mm-hmm. um, but, but, uh, there's, uh, there's lots of options, at least, at least as you get started. Um, but a uh, few few things, few points to make about who did not make the team. Um, Sir Anthony Dominguez placed on the 60-day injured list uh, with his elbow strain. Shocking. Uh, yeah, the, the Tommy John surgery that he did he waited for in spring training. He was not able to get it during the shutdown, and so that could have some devastating effects for next year because it takes you a full calendar year to recover. So if he hasn't had the surgery yet, and we're we're about to hit July, you're looking at a September addition next year if you're lucky. So that, that that's a little difficult. And another name that was – I, I really got to look at the technicality here because uh, the rules uh, for this season say any injured any injured non-40-man roster players will continue to count against the team's player pool unless they are removed through one of the aforementioned transactions. So David mm-hmm. Robertson's situation, I mean, they didn't declare him on the list. So is that is – that, I think that's the Phillies saying that he's not coming back this year, which is kind of disappointing considering. Yeah, you know, but expected. Yeah. Yeah, so that seems to settle that. Also left off the list, Odubel Herrera. Um, uh, Matt Clintock was asked yesterday if he considered Herrera for a roster spot, and he said, oh, yeah, we considered him. Um, but uh, he's left off this player pool. Um, so. Is that Matt Clintac just saying that because he has to, you know, make his decisions for baseball reasons? You know, that's it's hard to say. Uh, it seems like the the Phillies had no intention of, uh, you know, uh, letting him do anything but play in the minor leagues this year, and there is no minor league. So, uh, and why so is he on the team? Well, it's, it sounds like if if you release a player, it's considered a double punishment. Um, you know, because in, the player, in what regard? Well, because he was already punished by his suspension, so. Um, the, the, so the, is it not a double punishment to have a player not on the pool uh, and be able to play? How is it's just semantics? That's that it, it is in a lot of ways. You know, I, I I'm surprised. Here's what I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Herrera's agent didn't say to the Phillies, "Could you do us a favor and release him to pursue right. opportunities elsewhere?" Like until that happens, I you know, maybe the Phillies' hands are tied. You know, because you you don't want to give the impression of extra punishment, but. 
let's face it, he wasn't playing well last year before before anything happened. So, right. Um, I just feel like it's it, like they're living in some middle ground limbo with Odubel Herrera, and at some point a decision should be made. Uh, I, you know, far be it for me to defend or make any apologies for for Odubel for what he did, but his life has to go on. The Phillies have to go on. Cut him if you want to. Let him sign with somebody else, as you're mentioning, the agent. Or if you decide that you're the Phillies, you own this player's rights, and you want to be the ones to help him rehab and make amends for what he did, but also continue to have a livelihood as a ball player, then put him on your team and deal with the backlash of that. At least own it. But don't – this is like double whammy for both, for the player and the team, and I don't get it. That that will continue to play out. Now, Matt Klintak left the door open because there will be some additions to this this player pool. Uh, one thing Klintak did say is there there clearly weren't, weren't a lot of catchers. Uh, you know, um, they just had Real Muto, Andrew Knapp, and Davey Gruyon on this list. But you, you need more than three catchers to get to to uh, to manage your, your way through this entire uh, you know active roster and not active roster. Mm-hmm. So expect to see more catchers. Um, Anthony Swarzak, I just mentioned, will be at it as well. So that number is creeping up rather quickly. So you, you will you will see some more players, but you want to leave some flexibility open. Maybe the Phillies are looking to see if anybody gets released anywhere else that could help the Phillies. So so it's not a closed book just yet, but for now, that's your 60-player pool. And when we come back, Jeff, there's something really important to talk about, and that is JT Real Muto. What do, what's yep. the status with his contract negotiations, and what can this COVID-19 crisis do to change the scope of things? Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, this is the Powder Blue Podcast. We are back to the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, missing Hunter Brody today, who is moving. Best of luck to him with his move. Uh, but uh, still lots to talk about as baseball is set to resume this week, uh, at least uh, until Jeff Mosher's eyes see it. Uh, you know, uh, he's not ready to, to, to really feel it, but, but I'm feeling it. There are players in town. There is going to be a summer camp uh, beginning this week. Phillies players are already in town, checking in, getting their intake screenings, proving that they're ready to play, that they are healthy. And Citizens Bank Park will have players working out this week. The first official workout is Friday, and there will be baseball. But with the resumption of of baseball, there is also the resumption of something else. The Phillies need to work out a deal with catcher J.T. Real Muto. And... Friday was the first day that players were allowed to have uh, to, to negotiate again. So the, the Phillies had to hit pause on the, the contract negotiations during the shutdown. Now, granted, I don't. Nobody needs to know that, that you might have been texting back and forth. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe Clintech, Matt Clintech likes to play by the rules. But um, but you know, when asked about this yesterday during the uh, 
uh, media availability, Klintak basically said, you know, we've only been able to negotiate since Friday. Uh, so far, all we've been doing are these intake screenings to try to get people into Philadelphia. Yeah, we'll talk to the agents soon. Uh, but here's 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 kind of the telling thing here. Uh, what he said about JT Real Muto is that the situation as it was when they shut down is a lot different than right now. Uh, so what can we draw from that statement, Jeff Mosher? Well, I mean, I think the the most obvious thing is, and people are giving Matt Klintak a lot of crap for saying that, but I think people need to understand that while Matt Klintak is the GM, he's not the ultimate decision maker with finances. That's not even Andy McPhail's. That's John Middleton. And when when he says the landscape has changed, to me what he's saying is there's a lot of acrimony right now between the players and the owners to the point where this might extend into the next round of negotiations, which is before the 2021 season, if I'm correct. And nobody after, knows. After the 2021 season. I'm sorry, after next season. Um, nobody knows what the, the what is, that, that fight is going to be like, except they all know that it's going to be ugly. But I think right now, without knowing if they can make it through this year, without knowing if the start of next year is going to be delayed because of COVID and things like that, I don't know that a lot of owners want to put out a lot of money if they don't really believe that there's going to be a season or if they're going to make as much money as they've made in the past. So I don't think this situation is going to be unique nor germane to just the Phillies. I think this is going to be a major league thing. I'd be very surprised if you saw a lot of big money deals given out uh, in this next two weeks, and that includes Mookie Betts with the Dodgers and so forth and so on. Some team probably will, but in general – uh, I would say that what he means by the landscape is exactly that, and that Middleton will have to make the decision on whether or not he wants to give a really long-term extension to any player. It just happens to be Real Muto right now, who's the most prominent one that's up, when the league doesn't know what baseball is going to look like in the next two months, 12 months, 16 months. That's what I took out of it. Yeah, I, Definitely the case. We don't know yet if – Baseball can resume as we know it next spring. I mean, you know, there's there's optimism that there will be a a vaccine. Uh, and but you know, when you when you look at uh, at what a vaccine does, you know, uh, I heard the numbers that an optimistic number is that it will help 70 to 75 percent of the population, which is which is surprising because you know, and and actually one thing I didn't realize is even flu shots are only about 60 <laughs> percent. So yeah, I've um, realized that. Yeah, I had a flu shot and still felt like crap at times. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh but yeah, there's so much uncertainty going forward and 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 really what the one thing that I want to know is that, you know the teams if they really are taking a financial hit this year, how will that carry into free agency? Now, here's sure. here's my here's my perspective on this. Like if you're the Phillies, like should you take advantage of that being one of the teams that has more money than other teams like you know, I understand that the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to have financial problems after this year. I understand that the Kansas City Royals will, that the, the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, you know, I could go down the list of the smaller market teams. The Phillies are supposed to be one of the bigger market teams, right? I mean, they should be one of the ones that can withstand this better than somebody else. Now, here's the question. Do they – is it going to ruin the negotiations if all of a sudden they were talking one number before the shutdown and they say, oh, man, we can't go that far now? Like – is that, is that going to create some sort of personal resentment, though? Like, I, it, Well, I, yeah, I think it works both ways, though, Frank. I mean, I think that there's a, a school of thought 
probably coming from the player side, that this coming off season is going to be rough for the players because owners are not going to be spending a lot of money in free agency. Call it COVID-related, call it collusion because they're fighting with the players at the time. I mean, that that was an issue two years ago, right, that, that the players had with the owners because they thought the owners weren't spending a lot of money and J.D. Martinez was a free agent for like months and months and months until the Red Sox finally signed him. And even that contract they thought was a little bit below market, if I'm not mistaken. So I think the players are gearing up for that. So now if you're the Phillies, and you're in Middleton, and you are suspecting that this year's free agent market is going to be lower, then you're going to want to pay less, not more. So it almost makes sense to maybe wait it out, see what the demands for Ray Muto are in the offseason from other organizations, and then if somebody offers him a lot of money, you can match that. You can match it, and you can always offer more. But look, if I'm the Phillies, I would lock him up. I, I think that they should lock him up. Just be smart about it. Lock him up and call it a day. But I understand that they think differently. You know, owners think differently, and they they take into account to the market and the the trends. So so that brings me to the next question. Like, how many years are you willing to go on Real Muto? Because I was actually surprised. A lot of the chatter uh, out there uh, when when news broke that the Phillies were were willing to talk some some numbers, they they didn't like the idea of giving him – Five years at twenty-five per. I mean, that's 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 a lot of money. That's that that was the Ryan Howard extension. Everybody hated, of course. So, yeah. um, is it worth giving that much money and that long a commitment to a catcher who is going to turn thirty next year? Answer this question for me: Is the DH going to be in the National League permanently beyond two thousand and twenty? I would bet that it is. Then the money's worth it, don't you think? Unless. Unless the catching wears him down to the point where he's not even a great hitter anymore, and you can kind of look at the Joe Maurer. I mean, Joe Maurer is still a pretty decent hitter even when they moved him, but he just wasn't what he was. So um, there, there is some risk in it, but that's I don't think five years. He's still at an age where you're going to get at least three and a half to four good years, to me, in my opinion, 25 years worth the salary. So I, I think five is is acceptable. So you would be willing and to I would, go five. You could start that five after you've already got him his arbitration money this year, right? So you can just tack on five years after this year and call it a six-year deal when it really is just a five. Okay. I mean, maybe they'll give him some some signing bonus money. Now, here's, here's what I think the Phillies should do. There's a real chance there's a strike before 2022. Would you say oh, yeah, I think statement? so. <laughs> yeah. So you make a deal with JT Real Muto, and you pay out a good amount of his signing bonus now, when he's mm-hmm. when he's when he's having a third of his ten million dollar salary that he didn't like to begin with, and then you right. put some of that signing bonus into twenty twenty two, so that he gets paid, even if there's a strike. I think that's right. something that the Phillies can do. That can really sweeten the pot, and and they and I think that the Phillies are in a wonderful position to say, hey, listen, buddy, uh, things things could be bad when you get out there in the free agency. Why don't we just agree to this now, and we'll pay you very handsomely. You're the best catcher in the game, and we go from there. We'll be back after this. This is the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. We'll be right back.
are back to the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. Let's let's do something, Jeff, that we haven't really done yet because we haven't really been able to talk about baseball. So here here are a few things that we know now for the first time. We know mm-hmm. that one, Andrew McCutcheon is fully healthy. In fact, Matt McClintock yesterday said that he is ready to go and. Uh, we even brought up the question about the designated hitter, and he said, "You know, I don't think we need to have a set DH, right?" But I think we know, I think we know Jay Bruce is going to be in the lineup a lot, right? Uh, kind of as designated hitter, or maybe he'll play first base or some outfield. You know, he'll kind of mix and match, which is good. Mm-hmm. But we never actually sat down and said, "All right, with McCutcheon healthy, with a designated hitter, what kind of lineup are we going to have?" This is so. Uh, now that we have baseball coming, now that we we assume that the the starting nine will be there, let's talk lineup. So, so Jeff, I what just, have you thought the Phillies lineup should look like given a healthy McCutcheon, given a designated hitter? Well, I think that they can have um, two different lineups, and I'd like to see them be able to rotate players, and I think Girardi will. So I think in most cases versus right-handed pitching, you're going to have McCutcheon leading off, playing left. I would put Kingery batting second, uh, playing second base. Harper, third, playing right field. Rayamuto, cleanup, catcher. Didi uh, at shortstop, batting fifth. Reese Hoskins, batting sixth at first base. Uh, Jay Bruce as the DH, batting seventh. Segura playing third base, batting eighth. And Adam Hazley, again, versus right-handed pitchers, Adam Hazley batting ninth, playing center field. And the only switches I would make is versus left-handed pitchers, I would move, I would play Quinn in, in center field over Hazley, have him bat ninth as like that extra second leadoff guy, and then move, um, Alec Baum into the lineup as well, as long as he's hitting. If not, you can put somebody else, but I would take Bruce out against the lefties and play Alec Baum and have him batting eighth. Interesting. So I, I may I kinda... also play around with Didi and Reese Hoskins in that situation. I may flip flop Didi and Reese versus, a, you know, to have Hoskins a little higher versus a left handed pitcher. Well, I'll give you my opening day lineup first, and and uh, I, I also think McCutcheon will lead off. You know, he he surprised me last year, with, and and really the impact he made doing that. But then I bat Harper second, so you you know I, I'm kind of being convinced now. The idea you want your hottest hitter second at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Real Muto, I would bat third. I'd bat DD fourth. I would go mm-hmm. Hoskins fifth, Bruce sixth, Segura at third, batting seventh. Kingery batting eighth, and then Roman Quinn ninth. Now, uh, I I would see if I'm the Phillies. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's going to start all sixty, but I I would want to see Roman Quinn. If I want to find out if Roman Quinn can play every day, and so wow. I would kind of put him in that nine hole, let him loose. He's a switch hitter. He can bat yeah. both ways. So I I I think that yeah, if you give him a day off, of course there's Hazley's opportunity. But you know Hazley's the younger guy. You know you have more time to figure him out. I'd rather see Quinn play most days and see if you can get a healthy Roman Quinn uh, on your roster. And yeah, I, think, that, I was going to say, I just think there's an argument to be made and your, your viewpoint is, is valid too. But if you want to play both of these young players who both have very good potential in different ways and you want to kind of keep the mileage off of Roman Quinn, who I think has maybe already answered the question of whether or not he can stay healthy um, based on a couple of years now, then this is a really good way to keep, Quinn healthy and also be able to tap into Hazley, who was a first round pick by being able to alternate them against different, different hurlers. I mean, if, if one player was so clearly so much better than the other, and maybe Roman is when healthy, I mean, he does bring a lot to the table, but again, because he's never healthy, I think it's a good way to get both of those guys in the lineup consistently. 
And by the way, you know, I think the nice thing I like about this lineup is, you know, I didn't notice I didn't name every position, but Bruce, he's very versatile. I think what a lot of people don't realize is he can play first base, he can play the outfield. He has he has experience doing both, and and whoever the DH is on a given day, you can you can move that DH around this lineup, where you know uh, Bruce plays left and spells McCutcheon, or or he gets to start at first base and Hoskins gets to be the DH. So there are you know Real Muto can play first base, and Hoskins can be uh, the DH if you, if you want, you know. And then that gives uh, you know I know I know people don't love Andrew Knapp, but you know, uh, mm-hmm. but Real Muto can't catch every single day, so. So, uh, but Nap in the lineup would, would would replace one of the people further down. But um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of moving around you can do here. Now I think they're committed to keeping Kingery at second base uh, and leaving him alone. Uh, it sounded like that that uh, Segura is going to be the third baseman. I mean I think they were moving towards that down in spring training and 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 based on recent comments, it sounds like it's taken for granted that he is the third baseman. But you know, if if Bohm does come up and he's hitting, or if there's an injury to somebody and you shift some people around, the nice thing is, mm-hmm. you know, you can put Segura almost anywhere in that infield, and um, mm-hmm. and and I think too that the extra left-handed bat that Zagor- that uh, Gregorius brings to the Phillies is going to come in handy because, you know, when you were especially in the early part of that lineup, you know, you had Harper, but then then uh, who's the other left-handed bat? You know, that I mean, you could put Bruce as one, but but really, like, you know, it's nice to have. Maybe three left-handed bats that are really going to make a difference in this lineup. Yeah, yeah. The, the only thing that really, you know, when I look at your lineup, Frank, I, and it's really just, I guess, matter of opinion on, on who and what Scott Kingery is as a ball player. To have him batting eighth, uh, to me, may spoil, and I know he's been streaky, and I know he has a low on-base percentage, but I also think he's a young player who has the potential in this lineup to be a really well-rounded hitter, a doubles hitter with power, probably improve that on-base percentage if if he's a little more consistent. I thought he played well last year. I, I just, you know, putting him eighth in that lineup, I, I feel like that, that buries him a little bit and that he probably can contribute more as a top-of-the-lineup type guy. But then you're pushing back the likes of Harper, Romito, Gregorius. Like that, that yeah, I push everybody D- back. I push Didi back because I have some very serious concerns about the kind of ball player he's going to be outside of that Yankee Stadium confines. If you remember, he was not that kind of player with Arizona. He was a good player, but he just wasn't that kind of player until he became a Yankee. And there's a long history of guys going to the Yankees, kind of having these great years, going elsewhere and not. So I'm not trying to bury Didi down to eighth or ninth, but like I said, I have in some one lineup, I have him against right-handers, I have him fourth, but against left-handers, I have him fifth. I could deal with him even being sixth in that case. He's not also not a high on-base percentage guy, not a high batting average guy, more of a power guy, but I'm, I'd have to see that power actually manifest away from Yankee Stadium to really want know that he's they're going to be the same guy. We should see a schedule soon. We should we should find out more about what summer camp's going to look like by the time we talk next week. But for now, this is Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. This is the Powder Blue Podcast. We will catch you next week.